0: what is going on everybody welcome back to good talk i'm your host trevor good and today is the first episode back in a very long time um yeah it's been gosh more than a month since well before christmas um i don't even remember what my last episode was about and i know a couple of you guys have been asking when's the next episode coming out trevor when when's it coming out um, and <clears throat> yesterday was the day. I've been, it's, it's been busy, busy with school, midterms, I've been sick. Um, so, yeah, I am glad to be back. Today's going to be a much more both serious and relaxed episode. I've not done much preparation for this. What I'm ma- mainly going to do is I'm going to talk about, uh, just being back, kind of future, uh, hopes and ideas for this podcast, Uh, And then I'm just going to talk about Ukraine and kind of what's going on there because um, I really want to get my thoughts out there before the situation resolves itself. Um, I kind of called what happened in Afghanistan before it happened, but I never actually officially said anything. And I want to make sure that I've got my, my voice out there before everything Uh, hopefully wraps up into a nice little bow, but unfortunately we'll see how it turns out there. So, thank you guys for tuning in. I apologize for the long gap, but welcome back to Good Talk. Okay, okay, so like I said it has been a while uh, since my last episode. Um, Yeah, it's been too long. Um, I've I recorded an episode, I didn't like it, I deleted it, uh, and then, uh, life just kind of picked up, you know, Christmas, and Christmas break was around, and I was, I was traveling, I had debate tournaments, and I got sick, and then it was midterm week, and I got sick again, uh, now I'm slightly recovering, I think you can probably hear a little bit of the tiredness and sickness in my voice, um, now, but... <clears throat> excuse me I definitely am doing better uh, and I figured that you know now is as good a time as ever to record a podcast episode uh, so I can get it out there uh, and give the people what they want um, I've, had, I've had a couple people ask about it this week and I was just like you know what I have no excuse as to why there's no episode out so yeah the, the real reason why it hasn't been out yeah I've been I've just been super busy Uh, And I've had trouble finding time uh, to do even the more important things in my life. Um, And I'm still committed to this. I I don't want it to die out. Um, And so, yeah, here I am. Um, So, what is new in my life? Well, I actually want to share you guys another topic. Um, So, one of the reasons why I put off putting out a new episode for so long um, is because... As announced in my last episode I believe <clears throat> I have started with three of my friends um, we've co-started all together um, a new podcast called School of Athens um, and that is a podcast where um, basically out of the four hosts that we have um, each episode has a cast of two people and so that's where two of us sit down and we talk about philosophy um, and You know, um, two of our hosts talked about uh, language and how that um, can affect perception, even, uh, and philosophy and thinking and psychology, and it was a fascinating episode. Um, And then uh, some of us talked about um, uh, just so many really great things. Um, And I would really love to encourage you guys to check it out, but it's not just any philosophy podcast, what's special is that one person uh, has prepared to talk about the topic, but the other person doesn't even know what the topic is. And so when I sit down to record an episode, right, perhaps it is my week to to prepare. And so I prepared a whole episode about something really interesting, but my other host, he sits down and he has no idea what it is that we are going to be talking about. And so he gets to react to it live on the air. And you guys get to kind of come along with that journey of discovery and learning and understanding that one of us gets to embark on every single time we record an episode. And I think that it's a really special experience. And so I would absolutely love for you guys to check it out. It's called The School of Athens. Um, it is uh, It comes out about once a week. Um, it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all of the, anywhere you've listened to podcasts, pretty much. Um, it's hosted by me, Trevor. Um, and then we've got Camden, friend Caitlin, uh, and then Lucas, actually, who is... Uh, he He's been a guest on this show, um, and he hosts his own podcast, um, Cross and Cash, which I would 100% recommend. Go check that out as well. But yeah, go give School of Athens a listen, to If you're not... So sick of my own voice here. Um, you can go listen to me and my friends, uh, kind of tearing up the philosophy aspect of life, um, over at the School of Athens, and it's. I think it's well worth your time. Um, Camden, he has done some incredible um, graphic designing, cut, co- ah, oh, making up the the covers, and it it's it's incredible stuff that he's able to do, and then. Um, just great editing by uh, Frank uh, and, and Camden's done a lot of editing as well um, and it, it, it's an incredible production, it's, it, it is a higher quality podcast than this um, and I'm so happy to be a part of it so happy to be uh, able to yeah just talk philosophy with my friends and, and share that conversation with you guys so really appreciate all the support appreciate all of you who have already checked it out Um, But go ahead and check it out. We also have an Instagram, uh, I believe, at the School of Athens podcast, Um, if I'm not mistaken. um, But I would 100% uh, check it out. It is is at at podcast underscore School of Athens. So P-O-D-C-A-S-T underscore S-C-H-O-O-L-O-F-A-T-H-E-N-S. Podcast School of Athens, just spell it out as you would imagine, um, but it's it's a pretty great production. Um, <clears throat> so that's one of the things I've been working on, um, and then just yeah, school, got a new job, um, all kinds of stuff in my life, and so moving forward, um, I really 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 would like to get back into doing this once a week, uh, and so I have I've been talking with some people I've got perhaps some more interviews lined up, um, some more conversations hopefully that you guys will enjoy. Um, yeah, I I really wanna get back into doing this regularly. Um, and so I appreciate all the support, I appreciate the patience as I've been unable to provide that for you guys. But hopefully life will kinda smooth out, especially during this summer when my, my schedule is pretty much just gonna be working. Um, I should be able to, yeah, just invest more time into this. Really, make it into something that I can be proud of, um, and and something that people actually want to listen to. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully, you know, we, we all have aspirations, and you know how many how many people have unused gym memberships. But I hope that this is the first episode of me. Really getting back into it and really um, recommitting to doing this on a regular basis. So, thank you all who have bared with me, you know, asked for updates, you know, hey, when's the next episode coming out? Checked in on me, I appreciate it. Um, so, I will not let you guys down. Um, I will not let you guys down this time. So, again, thanks a lot for the support. Go check out School of Athens, go check out Cross and Cash. Those are both fantastic podcasts. Um, They certainly upload upload more regularly than I do, so if you enjoy me and you enjoy people who I enjoy, go check them out. Absolutely. Absolutely. So now now that all of that is kind of out of the way um, a little bit, I think it's time to talk about perhaps the biggest news story of the month, of the year, period actually, um, of Ukraine and Russia and what's going on in that situation. So before we actually get into the specifics, I would like to do a few disclaimers. Um, The first one is obvious. I'm a high school student, I'm a senior in high school, okay, this happens to be a hobby that I not a hobby, a passion of mine, looking into the news and really being invested and hopefully informed in politics. That's really something that I like to do, I enjoy doing, and I invest a lot of time into. And so I'd like to think that my opinions and beliefs are fairly well-informed and are not just completely ignorant, um, but I'm not an expert. Okay, I am not, right, the Secretary of State. I am not the President of the United States. And in my pride, I believe that I could do better than the President of the United States is doing right now. I am most likely wrong, it is a much more nuanced situation, it is not black and white at all, these policy decisions are not easy, Um, and it takes, the reason why this is happening is because in order to deal with crises like this, in order to come to a good resolution in this kind of situation, it takes a master diplomat it takes a master statesman or stateswoman to talk down dictators like Vladimir Putin it takes incredible people with incredible skill and incredible knowledge to pull off successful international policy achievements and peace deals and that is why right I'm not arguing, I'm not representing the United States in the United Nations or in any foreign body to any foreign group in any capacity other than as a citizen, okay? So, <clears throat> that's obvious. Take everything that I say with a grain of salt. Do your own research. Do your own reading. Rita, if, if Don't take anything that I say for granted. I said, I've said this with every single um, time I've talked about something serious because the last thing that I want um, I do believe that I have good things to say if I didn't I wouldn't be saying them and I'd like to think that my listeners can learn from what I say or at least think about things in a different way or something that I say will make you think about something and you'll see that I'm wrong and you will find a new solution or something like that the last thing I want is to mislead you guys, is to say something incorrect, to say something that is misleading or <clears throat> much, like, God forbid, deceitful. Like, I, I want to be honest and truthful to you guys while saying, giving you the best information that I can. Um, and so, all of that being said, take what I say with a grain of thought with a grain of salt, sorry. Do your own research. Think about what I say, don't take it for granted. Talk to people who you trust, people who know more than me, right? Um, <clears throat> cons- like use logic, try to try to pick apart my arguments and see see how it goes. I'm, I'm, I'm not perfect, I'm just a, just a guy sitting here, who I like the news and I like this kind of stuff. Um, so, so there's the first disclaimer. The second disclaimer is I'm not necessarily offering a solution to this crisis. I think what I'm really going to talk about is a general lens through which I think that the United States should view our dealings with other world powers that we are in opposition with so definitely china definitely russia all of like i think that i think that this should be a a way that we approach these issues and it's not going to work in every situation um but i I, the issue that i have with the biden administration's approach is i think that it is um an overall incorrect approach And so as far as the specifics i'm going to try to be specific and factual uh, in terms of stating the specifics of the situation where i can Um, but i'm going to try to talk as generally as possible um, about this situation so with all that said let's get into it so what is happening and if you've been in the news at all um Or or, or maybe you're just a little bit, right? You know that something's going on between Russia and Ukraine. Well, Russia uh, is on the verge of invading Ukraine. Um, Vladimir Putin put, uh, I believe it was 100,000 troops on the border to Ukraine. That's from the New York Times uh, from the 20th of this month. So, yeah, Russia stationed about 100, this is a quote. Quote, Russia has stationed about 100,000 troops near its border with Ukraine. Vladimir Putin's government has issued a list of demands that Western powers are highly unlikely to meet. And President Biden said yesterday that he expected Putin to send troops over the border. And then Biden says, quote, but I think he will pay a serious and dear price for it. End quote, Biden added. And that's that's the quote from the whole thing. I, I, I formatted that horribly in the way that I quoted and stated that. But essentially, that's what has happened. Russia has station these troops, they are prepared to march into Ukraine, invade Ukraine, um, and Russia has issued demands that he wants the West, specifically uh, Ukraine, but also NATO to comply to. Um, And I believe one of those is that Ukraine does not, basically getting NATO out of Russia's hair. So essentially, that, that that is that is where we stand. Period. Russia has not yet moved into Ukraine, um, and that is that is the basics. Okay, so it's a lot of a lot of stuff has been going on. Um, there's been a lot of communication between NATO and the United States, between NATO and Ukraine, between the U.S. and Ukraine the US and Russia, Germany and Russia, Germany, Ukraine, et cetera, 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 et cetera. So there's been a lot of talks, there's been a lot of hubbub about this. Um, <clears throat> and so my first reaction um, when I heard about this was, dang, can we like have just one foreign policy crisis under this administration? Um, because. If I may remind our viewers, there are still Americans trapped in Afghanistan. Um, Afghanistan, uh, unless you thought that, um, in case you thought that everything had worked out nicely. Nope, there are still Americans tied in Afghanistan, and uh, thousands of uh, Afghani women who are now under Islamic law, uh, and it's it's not a good time over there. Um, <clears throat> and the Taliban are not the most gracious rulers. And so you'd think that that, um, Joe Biden would kind of, I don't know, tie things up, kind of straighten out, but no, no, it turns out that when you give an entire country away to terrorists, um, other land and territory hungry powers Kind of lick their chops and start to look around. And Russia, right now, is doing this to Ukraine, um, <clears throat> partially, and I think primarily because Russia believes that if they were to invade Ukraine, there would be little to no response um, that would make invading Ukraine not worth the cost. And I'll get to why that is and how we can change that in a minute um but <clears throat> there, there's it's, it's just a it's just an overall bad situation um to be in so what is the goal of the west well the goal of the west and the united states is to prevent russia from invading ukraine that's what we want okay um we do not want russia to invade ukraine for several reasons the first reason is um this is the 21st century we don't invade other countries anymore that is like get woke or go broke russia what are you doing um <clears throat> th- this this is just something that um since world war Two, really um not not yeah, mostly since world war Two, but a lot of also really since the vietnam war generally all countries but especially european countries um, have really tried to move away from land wars, from uh, fighting for territory, um, invading sovereign countries. Um, There's a lot of gray areas when you're talking about revolutions and um, terrorist organizations, but in general two sovereign nations don't go to war. If 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 Russia were to invade Ukraine, this would be period the biggest land in, the the biggest land conflict and one of the only land conflicts in Europe since World War II. And so, just on a general principle, um, we don't like it when other countries invade other countries, sovereign countries where there are no gray areas because there are no gray areas. Ukraine is Ukraine, and Russia is Russia. Ukraine is not Russia, and Ukraine is not Russia's. And so. This is this is this is one of the reasons why we don't want Russia to invade Ukraine, just so that other countries need to respect the sovereignty of other countries. Um, And. Yes, period. Um, The second reason is like, I know that China has been a big thing recently, uh, but Russia is not our friend. Russia is not the United States friend. Uh, Things have really cooled down since the fall of the Soviet Union, Um, and there's been a lot of talk about, you know, oh, people saying that, you know, Trump was Russia's cat's paw or whatever, all of that BS, but they're, we're we're not friends with Russia. Russia is not our ally. They are not our, we're, we're not, we're not on particularly friendly terms with them we do a lot of trade we do a lot of economic um things with them but so so do we so we also do that with china so russia is our enemy ideologically um and just because and it, it's mainly an ideological disagreement um but as the u.s right as the leader of the western world which the u.s was and I believe still is it is a bad thing to see our enemies gain more foothold as the US is slowly losing our influence on the rest of the world that is leaving openings for our enemies specifically Russia and China to gain more influence and so when you look at national interest what is within the national interest well first of all right the number one interest of the United States is national security protecting American citizens specifically the American homeland protecting the 50 states and our provinces right that is that is the number 1 national security concern of the United States the second is protecting i would i would say it is our our economic interests um, and protecting our home way that way so in ter- by by that i, I simply mean right. We want to make sure our trade routes are open. We want to make sure that we are on good terms with other countries so that we can import and export things. Um, I, th- I think just kind of general economics. Um, I think the tide for second um, and probably above um, the economic side is the protection of our allies. We care about our allies. Um, and Ukraine is not our explicitly our ally, uh, which complicates things. Um, but we want our allies to thrive and we want to see them having national security and all the things that we have and want for ourselves um and then really the other main one and and, and third not last but not least um is the spread of democracy and u.s influence we want to see freedom and democracy spread to other nations and yes democracy is not a free all you know a fits all ends all situation, Um, and we are not in the nation building business as I talked about with Afghanistan, but as the United States and as the West, we would love to see our influence spread and freedom spread, because generally where freedom goes, quality of life increases, and there are so many good things that come about as freedom is, is spread, and As the United States' influence spreads, we like—I'd like to think—we bring freedom with us, Um, and we do in a lot of places. Um, And it is in any country's national interest to extend our influence as far as possible, Uh, and and the United States is no exception. And so, it is very important, especially. Let's stick with this idea of national influence, right? What has made the U.S. simultaneously strong and weak is our geographical situation. Because we are, for all intents and purposes, an island, right? We are the biggest landmass. I guess we might be smaller than Canada. I don't know. We are a very large, one of the larger landmasses of North America, right? And we're only bordered by two countries, Canada and Mexico, and they are non-threats, okay? And we don't need to project power to them. But that makes it very difficult to invade the U.S. But it also means that we are far away from the rest of the world. And so in order to have influence, we need to project power. That is why we have, that's why we're still occupying Germany, why we're still occupying Japan, why we still have bases all over the world, so that we can protect power because we cannot operate in other parts of the world out of our homeland because it's just too far away. And so that's what the US does. We project power to make sure that even though we're super far away, we still have a firm grip on, right? Our, our territory and our and our friends, right? We still have a an access point to the rest of the world, both militarily and just straight up influence and economics, and so, It is important that the U.S. projects power to maintain our standing in the global, um, in, in the geopolitical situation. And so as our influence diminishes, as we kind of shrink back at home, and this is one of the ways that I would criticize President Trump's American first policies, is that he really wanted to shrink back into the United States and just be like, okay, We really are done caring about other countries uh, and other situations outside of the U.S. And we're going to make sure that we are only dealing with U.S., 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 America first, America first, America first. And that has a lot of pluses. But what you sacrifice, right, what you gain is you gain absolutely better trade deals, right, more domestic prosperity, more economic prosperity, a lot of great things. But what you lose is you lose that influence. You lose that power that projected power to other nations and that translates into right how scary does the sound of how scary does the marines are coming sound right how how much hope does that give someone right how much can our allies depend on us right how what what can we get just by saying something right all of that is affected by how our influence is spread out. And so one of the reasons why we want to see Ukraine remain free is because Ukraine is a country that is trending west. It's a country that is trending towards western ideals. They are they have been trying to get to a point where they can join NATO and the US as a great spot for the US to be influencing the world and um <clears throat> you know, uh, continuing to project power uh, and gain influence um, on a geopolitical scale. Um, and there are two ways to do that. Number one, you can simply just gain more influence, right? The person with the biggest baseball bat wins, okay? Th- that's just a fact. Um, but the other way you can do that is prevent your enemies from getting a bigger bat, right? Your bat doesn't have to be so big as long as theirs is tiny. Okay? And so we don't want to see Russia, on the other hand, gaining that influence that we don't have. And so what Russia would be doing is they would just expanding their borders. Now they're bordering more countries or right now they're invading in and they're pulling Ukraine strings and they are gaining access to places that they didn't previously have access to gaining. Right. Other countries right, are now looking at Russia and saying, dang, I don't want to be Russia's next Ukraine. Maybe I should listen to what they say and help them out, right? And furthermore, when the U.S. doesn't do anything, right, that makes us look bad. That means that countries that are close to Russia say, well, the U.S. isn't willing to go toe-to-toe with Russia, so we can't depend on them to keep us from being influenced by Russia. And and China is the same way. And so... How's the US, in order to preserve our influence, not only do we have to build our own influence by, yes, being in other countries, by projecting power across the world, by being involved in geopolitical crises and situations, and, you know, things like the UN, things like NATO, things that keep us in the geopolitical arena while simultaneously preventing our enemies from gaining that influence, preventing our enemies from getting footholds in places where we don't want them, right? <clears throat> and so that is, I think, the biggest reason, aside from the fact that Ukraine is a sovereign country, that the U.S. specifically, right? The U.S., everyone cares whether or not you are, Ukraine gets invaded simply because we don't like seeing other countries. But why should the U.S. specifically take action to prevent the spread of Russia's influence and to maintain our own. Okay, so you may be sitting there and you're thinking, okay, I'm following, I get it, we, we don't want to see Russian gain influence, okay, we we, we want to spread influence, okay, but how much is that influence really worth, right? If, if the United States were to put troops in Ukraine right now, we're sending the Marines, we're sending the army, we're, we've got ships in the in the seas nearby um is it is sending troops potentially to die right to fight russia potentially risking war with russia is that worth this influence right that you talk about well my answer my short answer my answer is yes uh, but it's not in the way that it sounds. In reality, no, right? No. Ukraine is, I mean, they're Ukraine, right? They are bordering Russia. They are, I mean, they're they're a up-and-coming country, um, but we're not talking about a huge nation here. We're not talking about, the next world power, we're talking about a, I'm not trying to badmouth Ukraine. They're, they're just not the most juiciest of prizes. And so gaining good, you know, getting on Ukraine's good side um, or, right, putting a foothold in the region isn't necessarily that good of a thing, right? Um, and even Russia gaining that influence and foothold isn't really that bad, right? So why don't we just why don't we just step back? Why don't we just let Russia do Russia, Ukraine do Ukraine? I mean, it sucks, but like you know, the the USSR, sorry, Russia has the second most nukes, second only to the United States. Uh, actually, I think Russia has this beat, uh, but. We have the top two nuke counts in the world, right? We could potentially be risking World War Three, the biggest conflict um, perhaps the world has ever known uh, if we were to go to war with Russia. Um, is that worth Ukraine? And well, the truth is no, right? Is that worth Ukraine? No, not at all. U- Ukraine is, is not worth all that trouble. So then why should we do it anyway? Why should we do it anyway? Because I do think we should do it anyway. Well, the reason why is is twofold. Number one is we've seen this before. We've seen this before. And if you know anything about World War II, um, specifically about the rise of Nazi Germany, is that Hitler invading Poland, that wasn't the first thing he did. Hitler didn't just come to power and then be like, okay, let's let's invade Poland, like, screw it, let's just do it. No, Hitler invaded. So after World War One, during the Treaty of Versailles, when all of the uh, kind of details of Germany's surrender were laid out, Germany was cut to pieces, Um, a whole bunch of land was divvied up between uh, the Allied forces uh, and the countries in the region. And one of the reasons, um, actually, of Hitler's rise, uh, of course, of the Nazi, the Nationalist Socialist Party's rise to power, was the, the shame that Germany felt. So they, they, they felt that they had been mistreated by—they uh, were prevented from having a standing army of a certain size. They were prevented of having an air force of a certain size and all kinds of stuff. And the German people felt humiliated. And Hitler came along, and he was preaching— nationalism and German pride, and he, right, he found a scapegoat, the Jews, he blamed the Jews for everything, Um, and he got to power, and he did what dictators do, he, obviously, there's the Holocaust, and all of the horrific things that Hitler did, but he made an army. He started amassing a massive army, uh, because, of course, Hitler was preparing for war, but all of the other countries, right? All of the other countries saw this and they're like, "Oh, oh, uh, Hitler, Germany, what are you, what are you doing over there, Bo? What are you doing over there, Bud?" And Hitler was like, "Oh, nothing, just making, just making an army." And 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 the the rest of the west Western world kind of looked at him and we we wagged our finger and we said, "Hey, no, 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 don't do that, okay? You better not do that again." And Hitler was like, "Okay," and then he built more tanks and then he hired more soldiers. And then he invaded a country. Then he took back some of the land that used to be Germany. That used to be part of Germany. And the U.S., you know, the, the League of Nations got together and said, hey, Germany, you, you, we wagged our finger real hard and we said, hey, no, don't be doing that. You, you better not do that again, okay? You can you can have that, but don't do it again, okay? Don't do it again. And so Germany said, okay, I won't do it again. And then. Couple months later, he did it again and he invaded another country. And this went on several times until Hitler finally invaded a country that we cared about. Hitler took all that land that used to be his and he built an army, he avoided all of the terms of the Treaty of Versailles, and he then he marched into Poland, and then everybody freaked out. But then it was too late. Then he conquered half of Western half of Western Europe, right? invaded and occupied France bombed Great Britain took Austria, Hungary right Poland all of those countries Italy joined in biggest conflict the world had ever known up until that point um, I don't know if you remember it and <clears throat> this is what could be happening here and this is what we, what we want to not happen okay? Russia is a very hungry nation. Um, And this is what happened, right? Kind of way back to one of my first episodes, I talked about power, and people only do what they perceive they can get away with, okay? And if Russia knows that they can march into Ukraine and take Ukraine, right, and get away with it, they're going to do it. And this is going to lead into my my point about mitigation that I'm gonna talk about in a second, but essentially, yeah, right now it's just Ukraine. Right now it is a country that, frankly, the United States doesn't really care about. It is a country that is, I mean, they're alright, they're on the edge of being, you know, someone that we could be friends with in the future, but, I mean, they just kinda are there, okay? but that's that's what it is for now right right now it's just ukraine but what happens when it's germany right are we really going to let russia just kind of toe the line until they finally hit something that we care about because eventually they will this is something that people like ben Shapiro have been saying but if essentially the same thing is true with china right if we're not willing to go like we're not willing to go and fight for taiwan even though i think that we should be right but We let them have Hong Kong. We're going to let them have Taiwan, right? Eventually, it's not going to be Hong Kong. Eventually, it's not going to be Taiwan. Eventually, it's going to be Australia. Eventually, it's going to be New Zealand. Eventually, it's going to be a country that we care about, and then it's going to be too late. And then all-out war is unavoidable. Eventually, they're going to strike somewhere where it hurts, somewhere where we care. And by then, it's going to be World War III. Because here's the thing, to us, yeah, it's just Ukraine, and the truth is, Russia, in my opinion, they're just towing the line. They're just really trying to see what they can get away with. I'm sure, yes, Russia has interests in Ukraine. Yes, like, it's always good to gain more land and more territory and more citizens, but, like. How much does Russia really, really care about Ukraine, right? According to the New York Times, no one really knows why Russia is going into Ukraine. Um, According to this guy, he says, uh, so, quote, uh, why is Putin threatening war with Ukraine? The honest answer is that most diplomats and experts aren't entirely sure. It's not clear what Russia's central demand is, uh, Blinken told reporters yesterday in Kiev, Ukraine's capital. The, the thing is that we don't even know why Russia is going into Ukraine, right? There are theories, but according to Fyodor Lukinov, a foreign Russian policy analyst who advises the Kremlin, said, quote, the expert opinion that I can authoritatively, authoritatively declare is who the heck knows, right? And right this can be small we can keep this contained if if we fight now but once it's once it's a country we really care about there is no avoiding it and it's better to nip this at the butt it's better to cut this off before it starts and say actually no you're not going to do this and we're not going to let you we are not going to stand for it and you're not going to get a slap on the wrist if you try to touch ukraine we're going to cut your hand off And if you try to do it again, like that's it and we need to do that or else it's going to be another Nazi Germany. It's going to be another situation where we wag our finger and we wag our finger until it's something that we finally care about until it's something that we can't wag our finger anymore. And now it's a thing, right? But when it's a thing, it's when Hitler is marching through Poland and then marching into France, and then bombing Great Britain, bombing London. Do we really want to wait for that? We can't afford to wait for that. And so that's why, yeah, it's just Ukraine, but not really. What we allow Russia to do is going to set the standard for all of their foreign policy decisions regarding the U.S. and regarding other small countries moving forward and guess what if we allow russia to just march into ukraine what do you think china is going to do with taiwan how long do you think north korea is going to let south korea just sit there now we have troops in south korea so they're not going to dare to walk into seoul while the u.s has a whole bunch of troops there but Like, how long is that going to last, right? If we just let other countries absorb other smaller countries, except it's not an absorption, it is invasion, right? If we're just going to let Putin invade Ukraine, what is stopping Xi Jinping from taking Taiwan? Absolutely nothing. Because if we're not willing to fight for Ukraine, we are damn well not willing to fight for Taiwan. And that's a problem. And this is how, right? The same thing happened in Japan. We didn't give a, a flying crap about Asia while Japan was conquering half of it until they bombed Pearl Harbor. By then, it's too late. So that's why it's just Ukraine. That's why we need to do it. Okay? <clears throat> and so... Okay. But you still might be saying, "Okay, that's fair enough. I see that." But what if you're wrong? Right? What if it is just Ukraine? What if what if you're entirely wrong? War, any war, any risk of war is still not worth it. And again, that's a very strong argument because here's the truth. Nuclear war is literally the worst situation possible. Now, the good news is that Russia doesn't want nuclear war either. Um, nobody wants nuclear war, except for people who just want to see people die, and Russia is still looking after its own people, like, nuclear war is not that big of a threat, um, I personally think, but it's still something that should be considered. And here's the thing about war, and this is gonna sound counterintuitive, this is my thesis, And it is based entirely off of Theodore Roosevelt's famous saying, speak softly and carry a big stick. If you are not willing to go to war, you will very quickly find yourself at war. If, okay, analogy. Let's say you are a bully in school, in elementary school. You're walking around, you're beating up on the smaller countries. What countries? What students are you beating up? Are you beating up the kid who's willing to fight back? Or are you beating up the kid who's like, I don't want to fight you. I don't want to fight at all. You know, teacher says that we're not supposed to fight people. And so I'm not going to fight back. The answer is obvious. Obviously, you're going to beat up on the people who aren't willing to fight back. Are you gonna punch the kid who's gonna punch you back? No. That's stupid. But why not? What happens? Are are you gonna punch the kid? Okay. Let's add a third student into the mix. This third student is big. And they are very scary looking. But you know they're not gonna punch you. And when you get up there and you cock your fist and you're ready to swing they say if you punch me I'm gonna punch you I'm gonna punch you so hard you have no idea and then you punch them and they do nothing you know they're not gonna punch you you're gonna punch them because you know that there's no retaliation and so the goal right is to make Russia not invade right and unless we are willing to fight Russia all of our threats are in vain. They will call our bluff. And so we can't bluff. We cannot bluff. Okay? And here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that we try to escalate things as much as possible. I'm not saying that we, right, we station our troops within arms range of the Russian army. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that we make it clear That we will retaliate with force with literal troops if we tell Russia you invade Ukraine we will fight for Ukraine we will fight you for Ukraine we put troops where our mouth is and we tell them if you invade we are going to fight and there will be bloodshed over this that will make Russia think twice If we wag our finger at Russia and say, don't you do that, don't you touch that, there's going to be consequences. What do you think Russia's going to do? Knowing that we're not going to do anything, what's stopping them? In order for our threats to be full of something, you cannot bluff. And when you don't bluff, you rarely have to show your hand. That's the beauty of not bluffing, right? That's... In order to maintain peace, you have to be willing to fight. You have to be willing to fight for peace. And the funny thing about fighting for peace is you rarely have to fight. You just have to be willing to do it. And, yeah, you run the risk of actually having to fight. But... It's worth it in the end, and like, <clears throat> I mean, I hope you're following me. And I, I've talked for too long. It's this at this point. It's 50 minutes, and it's 2 a.m., and I am very tired. But here's the final, the final thing I want to leave you with: <clears throat> you cannot bluff someone who's not bluffing. Okay. Russia is not bluffing. They're 100% ready to waltz across that border, waltz right into Kiev. By the way, we evacuated our embassy there. Second time in this administration that embassy has been evacuated. It's been mostly evacuated. I think there are still some working personnel there, but... not a good look. Russia's not bluffing. And if you've ever played poker, you cannot out-bluff someone who has pocket aces. They are going to go all-in. They are going to call your bluff every time because they know that you can't beat them. But we're not talking about $200 of poker chips. We're talking about Ukraine. We're talking about real people. Real people who are teaching their children to use firearms right now, digging bomb shelters, and preparing to launch guerrilla warfare in the event that the Ukrainian army falls to Russia. In order for the U.S. to prevent conflict, we need to be willing to participate in the conflict in order for the u.s. to prevent a russian invasion of ukraine which is something we want to do for the reasons i've already stated we need to speak softly and carry a big stick the u.s. already has the big stick we just have to be willing to use it and if russia knows that If our enemies know that the stick isn't for show, the stick is to be used, then we won't have to use it. I do not want war with Russia, and none of you do either. You know who else doesn't want to fight the United States of America? Russia. Russia didn't sign up for that. We didn't sign up to fight Russia. Why would we want that? It's just a disaster. And we don't have to. But we can't bluff our way out of this. We can't wag our finger anymore. And if we continue to wag our finger, our big stick is just a walking stick. And it just kind of stands there while we whisper at people. as long as we wag our finger that's all anybody will expect us to do and as long as we make it clear that we're not playing around that if russia crosses that line if russia crosses that border there will be real bloody consequences then there won't have to be So. as long as the United States continues to wag a finger, as long as Joe Biden keeps saying things like, like right, the president said, you know, we might not do anything if there's a minor incursion, or we'll see what the invasion actually looks like before we determine our response. Right, As long as he says things like, NATO is divided on what to do, okay, now those are just gaffes, and what the president says in front of a camera, in front of reporters, does not necessarily reflect the actual decisions that he's making, the hard work that Secretary Blinken is doing um, every day trying to resolve this crisis and right joe biden's misspeaking or simply bumbling about in front of the camera does not excuse me does not necessarily reflect the policy decisions that are being made that being said in order for us to actually prevent this ukrainian invasion we need to we need to show That we are willing to take the necessary action to retaliate if it happens. We can't bluff our way out of this one. So. I hope that that all made sense. It was a lot longer than I thought it was, so if you're listening to this at this exact second, thank you so much for sticking around. Thanks for... Listening to the whole thing, my nose has become completely stuffed since the beginning of this episode, which is annoying. I'm sure you can tell the difference in my voice. But I hope this is the first of many new episodes. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening, as always. Thank you guys so much for listening. Yeah. Yeah. Really appreciate it. Again, hopefully, there will be new episodes coming out soon. But in the meantime, go ahead and follow the Good Talk Instagram account on Instagram at Good Talk Official. Good Talk Official, that's just spelled Good Talk Official. Um, feel free to email me at Good Talk Contact at gmail.com. Good Talk Contact at gmail.com. Uh, ask me questions, give me suggestions, give me death threats, criticisms, all that wonderful stuff, and I'll try to get back to you uh, as soon as I can. I love hearing from you guys. I never do, rarely, uh, but I <laughs> really like it. So please, please hit me up, and I would be happy to hear your suggestion, topic ideas. Uh, so yeah, Instagram, Good Talk Contact. Sorry, Good Talk Official, and then gmail go to talk contact at gmail.com also go ahead and check out school of athens podcast check out cross and cash those are both great and i would highly recommend them thank you so much guys have a good one bye